0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Horrible History with Asher Brooks. I'm Asher Brooks. If you, you know, listen to this podcast, you probably recognize my voice. Um, I have two other guests with me today. I have Kit Olson, a fabulous guest who we've had on before. Kit, can you say hi?
1: Hi. It's, it's great to be back, as always.
0: Fantastic. It's great to have you here. Um, I lured them here with donuts and coffee. Um, the other person who I lured here is a man named Will Trudell, who I've known for a quite while been playing D&D with Will. I've been playing Magic the Gathering with Will. He's been emasculating me with cardboard cards. <laughs> which is fine. It's fine. And I'm going to take this opportunity to make him pay. <laughs> make him pay for his crimes. Jokes on you, I'm into this. <laughs> <laughs> Truly he is. May it's Fantastic. <laughs> So we got a couple of topics today. I really enjoyed the uh, three guest format that we used last time, mostly because it means we get to do more jokes. Um, but we got a couple of different topics today. So Will, you brought—we uh, don't—you don't have to get into it right now because we're not gonna start with a, What a little, you know, a little teaser for the Mr. Beast fans to know what's going <laughs> on at the end of the video.
2: Uh, I'm bringing Gustav the crocodile, which is. Uh, the most prolific serial killer in the history of the planet, pretty much.
0: <laughs> I'm getting
2: very big, like Captain Hook vibes. <laughs> oh, it's called crocodile serial killer. Gustav makes that crocodile look like a punk. <laughs> <laughs> and crocodile
0: is in its junior year. <laughs> yeah, that crocodile okay. ain't nothing. All right, and then I'll be talking about um, one of the most uh, one of the most interesting sections of paleontology. Something known as the Bone Wars. <laughs> the Bone Wars. Bone Wars. I think, I think we can go ahead and get right into it. Let me pull up my research. Have either one of you, like, heard of the Bone Wars, other than what I've kind of talked with y'all about it? Uh,
1: not necessarily the most about it. Like, I, I like paleontology, but I'm not, like, as into it as I was when I was four. And, you know, <laughs> like...
0: There is, yeah, there is, a d- there is a very steep curve when it comes yeah. to dinosaur interest. Yeah, right? <laughs> it does peak around seven. Yeah. What? You guys peaked in dinosaurs? <laughs> are you big into dinosaurs? I am huge into dinosaurs. Yeah, well, no. guess what? Dinosaurs are huge. Uh, they're not, yeah. Um, well, speaking of people who are huge in the dinosaurs, uh, so the bone, bone Wars is a period of time in the gilded age of paleontology. So this is during the kind of the expiration of the American West, a couple of years before the transcontinental railroad is finished. So the paleontology is a brand new science at this point, and the two guys we're going to be talking about is uh, Edward Cope and Othniel Charles Marsh. I will be calling him Charles Marsh because Othniel is a terrible name, (laughs) and he actually didn't like it himself. He preferred to be called O.C. Um, You know,
1: that's valid. If I had a name like Othniel, (laughs) I think I would also uh, try to abbreviate that
0: it's true it's true so uh cope and marsh um they fought they were paleontologists from 1877 to 1892 and this is the period of time that is the bone wars um together they discovered more than 136 types of dinosaurs although both claims to discover far more um so they <laughs> these were two paleontologists who met in berlin and genuinely liked each other they met at a conference so Othniel. So, uh, Marsh was studying in Berlin. He had, like, two degrees at this point. He had published two scientific papers on paleontology. Um, And then he meets uh, Cope, who was kind of traveling the country during World War II. Um, Excuse me, World War I. He's traveling to, like, avoid being pulled into the draft. Mm. So, he's, like, touring Europe. And so, Cope has published 14 scientific papers at this point, but has no degrees. So, okay. They're very different men, so uh, Marsh is this old money, uh, excuse me, no, Marsh is this uh, middle class guy who has a rich uncle who allowed him to go to college, and so he's kind of got this benefactor, this financial benefactor is allowing him to become a scientist, mm-hmm. whereas Cope is this old money Quaker who's okay. like, I don't want to become a farmer dad, I'm gonna go <laughs> study <laughs> dinosaurs, dinosaurs are the punkest thing <laughs> In the United States at this point. Truly. And they're very I, different. I
1: do like the fact, though, that, you know, regardless of a career path, he still wound up digging in the dirt. He did? Just a lot.
0: Yeah, his, his dad actually gave him a farm. He gave Cope a farm. He was like, uh, I, I love you, son, and I want you to become a farmer, and it's, it's up to you. I love you, but here's this farm. And Cope's like, fantastic. I'm going to sell it immediately so I can go hunt dinosaur bugs. Um, That's That sounds like a, a pretty reasonable thing to do. It is a reasonable thing to do. I would do that. Absolutely. I did do some like light farming when I was a kid. A lot of like corn and sweet potatoes. Corn is not fun. Um, sweet potatoes are great because it's like digging for buried treasure. And at the end, you get to have pie. It's fantastic. Um, so if I were ever to go back to farming, it would be sweet potatoes. But... Uh, these two guys meet in Berlin, and they quite like each other. They consider each other, like, equals, although it's very it's very friendly and that kind of, like, uh, uh, Marsh is about ten years older than Cope, mm. and so it's very, like, you know, uh, kind of Cope walks into this school in Berlin, and Marsh is like, Oh, hello. Hi. Oh, you're a young paleontologist. Let me show you around. And so they meet each other. They kind of like each other. Um, and they name two species of dinosaur after each other. Oh. So uh, Marsh names a large serpent, excuse me, he names a, um, yeah, he names a large serpent called Mosasaurus Copanus, after Cope. Um, yes, I know. I know what it sounds like. <laughs> um, and then uh, Cope names a uh, uh, amphibians, like a frog descendant, uh, Pythonius Marshi, after Marsh. And that was the last time they were ever friendly to each other ever again. (laughs) Um, they meet. They name a dinosaur after each other and they're like, wonderful, this was an excellent meeting, goodbye. And as they turn, they both pull out daggers and they're like, I'm gonna kill that man if I ever see him again. (laughs) They hated each other. So they end up uh, competing um, in the American West for dinosaur bones. Um, They start feuding. So in paleontology time, there's a lot of differences in method. So Cope was the kind of guy that was like, I'm gonna go collect... As many dinosaurs as physically possible, and then I'm going to publish as many papers as possible. He was publishing like 25 papers a year. He was that snowing is... everybody in. His name was all across modern paleontology.
1: That is astonishing. It's it's prolific. Prolific. Yeah. No. Yeah.
0: If you ever written an academic paper, like he yeah, was producing no. full theses, like theses. If you ever went to college and wrote like yeah. a thesis statement, he was yeah. doing 25 of those a year. Um, and Marsh was producing maybe three a year. But because Cope was producing so many, he kept making mistakes. And Marsh kept correcting him. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the, the, thing, the, the first thing that really kind of started this feud off is that Marsh uh, and Cope kind of reconnect in the United States. And Cope invites Marsh to come out to this place called the Marl Pits in New Jersey, where he's discovered some dinosaurs. There was this guy named Lindy, who's a big part of paleontology at this point. He discovered a full dinosaur skeleton at these pits. And then Cope has funded some more expeditions to go out there. And so they're meeting and uh, Cope is like, yeah, and this is the dinosaur pits. And if you look over there, I've got this huge team of men working, we're excavating. And Marsh is like, that's so cool. Um, and then as they leave, Marsh goes over to the foreman and goes, hey, man, how does $300 sound? Ooh. Um, and basically snipes all the men and just goes, hey, whenever you find any dinosaur bones, not all of them, just all the cool ones, send them to me instead. And Cope finds out about this like five months later because he's like, where are my dinosaur bones? Yeah. And the guys are like, we liked the sound of $300. Um, <laughs>
1: I mean, for, for the time, that's a lot of money. Oh, so that's a <laughs> huge lot amount of
0: money. They were throwing money. So they, they both, by the end of the story, will end up financially destitute. Both of them will. Um, but at the time, they've got lots of money. Marsh has got a huge inheritance um, and a professorship at Yale. Um, and Cope has all this old inheritance money, and, of course, he just sold his farm. Yeah. So he's doing great money-wise. Um, <clears throat> so they, <laughs> they get involved in this, this quarry. They have a battle of this quarry. Marsh wins and snipes all the dinosaur bones from Cope. Cope responds by having this uh, full restru- reconstruction of a plesiosaur. Do you know what a plesiosaur is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so plesiosaurs. if you don't know people on the Internet, um, is they're the aquatic ones with the really, really long necks and the big flipper bodies. Uh, they kind of look like brontosauruses, which we will get to. Brontosaur- brontosauruses aren't real. Um, <laughs> we will get to. <laughs> that's, the- that's these guys? These guys, yes. <gasps> brontosauruses. <God! laughs> brontosauruses are not real. Um, well, there's some there's some debate, but for a good 50 years, brontosauruses were not real. Um, so, anyway... So there's this big plesiosaur that Cope has built. He's done a full reconstruction. He's published all these papers on it, um, and it's called the Erasmusaurus. So Marsh comes to this big scientific debut, right? There's all these like wealthy financial backers, all these donors, all these other academics, and he walks in and he sees, you know, what a plesiosaur looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Very, very long neck, head at the end, big kind of wide body with the little, you know, the little fins. He walks in. He sees a creature with a very short neck and an extremely long tail. So Cope has, in his excitement, put the head on the wrong side. <laughs> I've heard
2: of this story. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't know it was these two. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: So Marsh goes, and so Marsh has a choice here. He can go to Cope and be like, hey, man, I think, I think you might have put the head on the wrong side. And he goes, I say, everyone... I think there's something wrong with this dinosaur, <laughs> <laughs> and proceeds to just read him in front of everyone. And so Cope comes over and goes, "No, it's right. I did it right." And Marsh goes, "I don't think it is." And they get into this big argument in front of everyone. And then this guy Lindy that I mentioned, who is like this this very like respected guy in paleontology, comes over and goes, "What's the problem, boys?" And Marsh goes, "His head is on the look. The head is on the ass of this dinosaur." Um, and Cope goes, "No, it's not." And Lindy goes. He looks at it. He <laughs> walks over to the head, puts <laughs> it on, walks to the side, puts it on, and goes, "I'm sorry, my boy, but you've, you've got it incorrect." Um, and then, uh, like two days later, publishes a correction in an American scientific journal of all of Cope's papers, saying, "Like, no, the head is supposed to be this way." Um, so Cope, to his credit buys every single copy of this paper and burns them. Uh, <laughs> buys buys, uh, not the correction, he buys every, so he sent out like f- dozens and dozens of these pamphlets, to all these different scientific, like uh, universities and prestigious places because that's really what this was all about was like, okay, I'm going to send this to the Peabody Institute or send this to the, you know, the paleontology section of the American Natural History Museum and all that. And so he buys all of them back and burns them. Lindy keeps one and of course, Marsh keeps his, yep. um, and then proceeds to every time they're in a public space together, and Cope's like, yes, and I'm a paleontologist, and Marsh goes, hey, Cope, remember that time you put, uh, <laughs> you put the wrong wrong part of the dinosaur on that, uh, you put the head on the tail, and Cope goes, yes, Marsh, I remember, <laughs> thank you for reminding me in this very public setting, so <laughs> Marsh Marsh Mar- just sounds like an asshole. He is, so just give <sighs> you like a physical idea of these guys. So, <laughs> Cope, Cope. So you know how in like a lot of um, comedies there are, there's like the tall, thin one of the comedic duo, and then there's the uh, like the short, round one. Yes. So Cope is tall and thin with this like long, wide mustache and this pointed down kind of goatee thing. So he's got a very triangular kind of looking face, and then <laughs> Marsh is this round, rotund man with a beard and a mustache that kind of come into this downward axe shape. So it looks like this big just thing just comes off of his face. They look like they look. They couldn't look any more different. Yeah. I um, mean, yeah. it looks like a comedy of errors. Um, so, to to Cope's credit, he gets Marsh a couple of years later. Marsh a few years later discovers one of the most famous dinosaurs, which is the Brontosaurus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except no, he doesn't, because Brontosauruses aren't real. <laughs> So uh, he gets the skeleton of this massive dinosaur, but it's missing a head. So he's like, well, I got this other head in the same box of dinosaur skeleton fossils, and I think it goes here. I'm pretty sure it goes here. And so he puts it together, and it looks pretty good. It looks right, and he says, all right, this is something called the Apatosaurus, right? Um, It is not an Apatosaurus. It is an Apatosaurus, but the head is actually something called a Camaradosaurus. So he calls it the Brontosaurus, right? Uh-huh. Then a couple of years later, he gets another skeleton of with the head of an Apatosaurus, and he goes, well, I already called the first thing I had an Apatosaurus, so this must be something new. So this is a Brontosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> Cope never catches Marsh on this, but about 20 years after both of their deaths, scientists are like, because um, they're going through all these records, and they're like, I think these guys were... Really wrong about a lot of stuff. Like both of them were super wrong. Yeah. Um, so they start fighting in the American West. They're rushing to discover as many dinosaur bones as possible, um, and they end up naming hundreds of dinosaurs. Um, they discovered together. They discovered the Nanosaur, the Triceratops, the Stegosaurus. Pretty much every modern American dinosaur, as well as hundreds of species of amphibians and fish and frogs. Lots and lots of mammals and horses. Um, Cope is well known. He actually discovered. Um, a bird skeleton, like a bird fossil, where a bird had teeth, which is like a missing link that was at the time between like uh, pterodactyls and like flying dinosaurs and then actual birds with beaks. So they're doing great things for science, but they're also doing terrible things for science because they start hiring men to go out and find bones for them. So... Cope is leading these expeditions himself. Marsh is kind of like sitting in the Peabody Institute at Yale and is sending dozens and dozens of students out. And so they they keep competing with each other. So Marsh will set up a dig site. And then Cope's men will hear about it and set up a dig site right next to that dig site. And then Marsh will be like, okay, well, they're... You know, they're, they're, they're going to try and steal our bones. So get <laughs> all the good stuff and then blow up everything else. Oh, my God. Destroy it. Explode it with dynamite. And so we'll de- detonate things. Then <sighs> Cope realizes, okay, they're detonating things before we can get to them. We have to sneak in in the middle of the night and steal their bones so that they can't destroy them. Um, at one point, At one point, they get into a fight. Their two teams just start throwing rocks at each other. Oh um, because they're you mean they're literally camped right next to each other. So they start throwing rocks at each other. Um, there's there's so much drama happening. So like men are contact. So this one teacher guy named Lakes calls Marsh up. Well, he doesn't call him. He sends him a telegram and says, "Hey, I discovered some large bones. I'd like you to come and do a dig. You know, pay me for the information." Mm-hmm. And Marsh doesn't respond for like two months. And so Lakes goes, "All right." Fine, I don't need you. Yeah. Sends a message to Cope. And, go, and Cope is like, great, I'll come and do it. Same time Cope sends this message, Marsh sends back a, a letter with a hundred bucks in it that says, I'll be there Wednesday. Um, and then Lakes has to send a telegram to Cope going, uh, never mind, never mind, it's all good, I already got my money. And, and so Cope is even more, so they're constantly doing this to each other. Um, Cope's men are like blocking train lines so that Marsh can't get his fossils. Oh my God. Um, I mean, they're literally sending like, just railway cars, boxcars full of bones, back and forth across the country. The transcontinental railroad gets completed, and now it's going faster and faster. Um, They—they're both terrible to work with. Um, so, Hope is <laughs> temperamental. He—he he leads the expeditions himself. So he'll lead men into oh, lizards, no. into like malaria-infested swamps. He's like, "We are going to get these bones." Um, well, Marsh refuses to do any actual digging himself. Like, he never goes on the actual digs. He just sends, like, mean telegrams from Yale and forgets to pay his men. Like, it was a constant problem. People kept not getting paid, and they would send telegram after telegram, like, hey, we haven't been paid in, like, three months. Yeah, We're going to start giving Bones to Cope if you don't pay us. There comes the money. (laughs) money. (laughs) He's constantly doing that. So nobody really likes them. Um, And so Marsh eventually gets this very cushy job in the United States government working for a man named Powell. Um, And he uses his influence to get government money for dinosaur digs. So he starts getting government funding to do these dinosaur digs, all under the name of this U.S. Geological Survey. So he's not supposed to be, like, they're not going to, like, American collections. They're going to Marsh's private collection. And it's coming from the U.S. Geologic Survey money. (sighs) So which is not, at the time, technically illegal. It's coming from, like, the Appropriations Fund. But it's certainly, like, it's fishy. It doesn't yeah. smell very good. It doesn't look good. Um, a, now,
1: a little bit of fraud in there. Just yeah, a, a just little a, bit of fraud. Oh, but, a
0: sprinkle. Um, he spends thousands of dollars. He's buying these bones. He starts to lock Cope out of sights. Now, Cope had worked for a different part of the U.S. survey under a guy named Hayden when he was younger in his career. A lot of his early collections had come from that. And he worked as a volunteer. He paid his own way. He was just like, hey, guys, I just kind of want to be in the camp with you. Because you're already going out where I'm going and it'd be safer for us to travel together. But you're not paying for me. I'm just going. Right? So Marsh decides that, okay, you collected those bones while working on a government expedition. I am now in charge of government stuff. You have to give those bones back. Those are our bones. And by (sighs) our, I mean my. Mine. (laughs) My bones. And Cope goes, I will burn your
2: life to the ground. (laughs)
0: Because Cope had spent the last, like, six years collecting quotes from any assistant who had ever worked with Marsh, any worker, anyone scientific who would ever talk trash about him. Yeah. And he goes to a newspaper man in New York and says, we're going to burn his life down. He, pro- he produces article after article after article. And it's just quotes. Like, Marsh sucks. Marsh is stupid <laughs> and fat and lazy. Marsh didn't pay me and I hate him. Marsh put a brontosaurus head on an apatosaurus skeleton. He's a dummy. Um, And just just wasting all this. He says that he's wasting all this money. A lot of his attacks are like, Marsh is a plagiarist. Marsh was actually well known for like, his assistants would do all this digging and classifying. Um. And then Marsh would be like, fantastic. Signed, Marsh, Charles Marsh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Discovered. And just take the credit. And... So all of this taxpayer money, this is kind of the focus of the attacks, is that Marsh is wasting all this taxpayer money on his own personal scientific vendetta. Yeah. And everyone in the, like, this becomes the hottest tea on the East Coast. <laughs> Everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The nerds are fighting?
2: <laughs> <laughs> this nerds, doesn't happen. This
0: doesn't. It's like literally everybody in Washington is like gathering around these two, you know, dweeby scientists who are like pulling each other's hair and <laughs> punching each other. And so just,
1: Powell... Just imagining Marsh, like, grabbing the mustache. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yanking it. Like <laughs> a handlebars. <laughs> $20 on
2: the tall one. <laughs> on the tall one. Uh,
0: so he, he attacks both uh, Marsh and Marsh's boss, Powell, who's giving him all this money. It gets so bad that Powell gets pulled in front of the House Appropriations Committee. Pulled, gets pulled in front of Congress. And Congress is like, okay, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> we, we gave you, like some geologic survey money right why are people screaming about dinosaur bones in the streets what is going on and powell's like i don't know um he 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 just you know he gets a little bit of money out of the appropriations budget and they go how much he goes i i really couldn't tell you they go we're gonna need to see an itemized (laughs) budget of everything that comes out of the appropriations budget from now on everything needs to be itemized so, Powell sends a telegram to Marsh going, I'll take your resignation as soon as possible. Um, I am not taking any more bad press for your stupid dinosaur beef. I do not care. Um, I am not losing my fancy government job. So, he, Cope gets Marsh fired. Um, they start writing these articles back and forth. Um, they, Marsh ends up spending so much of his own money, he has to mortgage this massive mansion that he's built. Um, like This is where they both start to run out of money. Um... <coughs> He and then he then has to beg Yale for a salary. So he has been a professor of paleontology at I Yale, mean. and I put air quotes around professor. Yep. He doesn't teach. He's mm-hmm. just a professor with tenure, and he doesn't he doesn't even get a salary. Mm-hmm. So this is very passe at the time, like to be a professor that doesn't teach and then to go to the administration and be like, I need a salary. <laughs> um, I need. a Can you pay me? <laughs> for yeah, are you going to start I, teaching. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I'm not going to start teaching. I would just like a salary to live off of. Um, And so, kind of, Cope starts to surpass him here. So, Cope gets a good job as a professor of zoology in the University of Philadelphia. He is elected president of the American Association for the Advancement of Sciences. So, he starts making more money and trying to go on digs. He starts to get sick with something called cystus, which I don't know what it is, but it's a gastrointestinal thing. He loses so much money, he has to start selling his own fossils um, to stay afloat. Um, he converts one of the houses that he owns. He owns two houses on Pine Street, and one of which is a like just a full house that is a museum. So They're selling those fossils. Um, so he gets really sick. He starts prescribing himself medications, um, including large amounts of morphine, mm-hmm. belladonna, and formalin. Um, formalin is a substance derived from formaldehyde, yep. which is Ooh. used to preserve specimens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's prescribing this medication, which is not making him feel better. The morphine sure is. Um, I'm, I'm sure
1: the morphine's like doing a number on him too. Just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Maybe it, maybe it'll calm him down a little bit, though. You know. <laughs> I mean, he, he'll he was chill out. Yeah, he was the one with the temper, right? He's mm-hmm. the he's the tempestuous one who's impossible to work with. Uh, you he know, maybe maybe, maybe the morphine helped.
0: So, uh, he's living in a he's sleeping on a cot in his museum. He sold the house. He was like, I'll sell the other house, but uh-huh. the museum is going to stay, and I'll just sleep on the second floor on a little cot. And as he realizes like, he's dying, he's on the way out, he does possibly the most petty thing I've ever seen a man do. Yes. I'm, I'm prepared. He writes in his will that he wants his body donated to science. Mm-hmm. And specifically, he wants his skull measured, because he wants to see if his brain is larger than Marsh's when he <laughs> dies. So he writes in his will, I will have my body donated to science, I want them to measure my skull, and I dare Othniel Marsh to do the same, and then the world will know which one of us was smarter, because my brain will be bigger, you fat idiot, I hate you. (laughs) And so, um, uh, Marsh doesn't. Doesn't uh, have yeah. his brain measured. Doesn't want to do it, presumably because he didn't care, and also uh, he actually lived a little bit longer. He, you know, he continued to, uh, you know, you know, uh, do dinosaur stuff, continued to name species, things like that. When they both died, they left behind both of them did, dozens of unopened crates of bones. They had so many dinosaur bones coming in, they didn't even get through them. Like people would load in box cards worth of dinosaur bones, and Marsh would be like, "Great, put them over there." Now go get me some more. Give <laughs> me some more. Sir, your warehouse is full. I'll buy another warehouse. <laughs> go get me more dead dinosaurs. <laughs> I want the more. bones. I want the bones. <laughs> I want a picture of a T Rex on my desk. <laughs> tomorrow, Peter Parker. <laughs> Give me pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> um, uh, but in, in the end. Give go, me pictures go. of Caprosuchus. <laughs> 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 Give me pictures of Diplodocus. I want a Diplodocus tomorrow. <laughs> oh,
2: Caprosuchus. All right. Sorry.
0: Um, In the end, Cope published over 1,400 academic papers, um, discovered 56 dinosaurs. His brain is preserved. You can still go see it. It is preserved at the Wistar Institute, and his skull, fully measured, um, is at the University of Philadelphia Museum of Anthropology. There was actually a book of photography that was done. Uh, A man requisitioned uh, his skull. So Cope's skull went around the country, went on tour and actually um, was taken. It's been used as a pasta bowl. Um, there is a picture I will, I will show you all in a minute. I'm so excited. There is a picture of uh, a pasta bowl that was used as this, uh, like, I think like this 80s paleontologist was like taking him around the country and introducing the skull to other paleontologists. was like, hey, this is like kind of the father of modern anthropology or one of the, one of the bickering stepdads of modern anthropology yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and um, paleontology. And this guy was like, I wonder how big the skull is hmm, let me see how much, you know, Bucatelli pasta I into it. <laughs> And there's this cool picture of him just dumping pasta into it. Oh, my God. That. Oh, it's my God. It's very silly. It's a very silly thing. Um, but, yeah, they left behind dozens of dinosaurs that uh, they never fully, they never fully, you know, diagnosed or recognized. Many of their species were, um, <laughs> many of their species were completely canceled. Yeah. Um, they claimed each to have discovered, like, 400 dinosaurs, and they were, so wrong um they discovered 136 together um yep. marsh did 86 cope did 56 most of the dinosaurs they discovered were just bones they already had stacked in new and interesting ways yep. so they could snow each other in yep. with
2: papers oh oh Old paleontology
0: oh paleontology it's one of my favorite one of my favorite stories <clears throat> because no, at first it was about paleontology and then it clearly became about how much they loved each other secretly. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> Notice you know, me, I, I di- dinosaur sentai. Um. <laughs>
1: I, I mean, I, I guess you could say that they both had a bone to pick.
0: <laughs> I have some nice equipment in here. Please don't make me shoot coffee out of my nose.
2: <laughs> yeah, Kit just almost killed Asher there. Um <laughs> Just for anybody listening that couldn't figure that out. They couldn't
0: figure that out. <laughs> it's fabulous. There's, there's nearly <laughs> like nasal coffee. Nearly like nasal coffee. I am gonna look up that uh, picture of the oh, Please do. Please do of okay. the pasta ball, because oh. it's absolutely fabulous. And I'll actually post it on um, I'll post it when I pull the thing out. Uh, but why don't you go ahead and start talking about old Gustav yeah. while I uh, pull this picture up?
2: So So good old Gustav Uh, is this massive Nile crocodile that, uh, lived near Lake Tanganyika, which is in like a spot where it's basically like touching four different countries in Africa and it's the world's longest freshwater lake. And Gustav, uh, was, I, from what I was able to find, the first recorded kill was in 1987. Was like the first report of a killing by Gustav.
1: Look at him; he's on trend. Like that's golden age. That's yeah, golden era for serial
2: killers. This, this being said, though, <laughs> this being said, due to the size of this crocodile, mm-hmm. it's believed he was born in 1955. So he could have been killing way longer, and just the first one found or recorded from him was in 1987. Uh, Gustav, when I said that he is the most prolific serial killer in history, Mm -hmm. has anywhere between 200 to 300 kills under his belt. Wow. Um...
0: (laughs) Jack the Ripper of the crocodile
2: (laughs) world. Ripper is the best way to describe it, too, uh, because how they know it was Gustav is because Gustav, you know crocodiles do the death roll, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, they, they grab onto something, they spin really fast, and they just... Torque something off of somebody's body.
0: Yeah, the death washing machine. Yeah, yeah
2: so he would do that mm-hmm. to people, to animals, to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but specifically with people, he would just leave their limbs and their body parts on the sides of the river. <laughs> uh, so most of the time he wouldn't even eat people. Oh, God. He's killing for sport. Yeah. 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 Um, he's killing for fun. He's killing for yeah. fun. Oh, God. And his, his last recorded sighting from what I was able to find was in 2019. Mm-hmm. So from... 1987 to 2019, this crocodile was killing people. Um, to 2019... I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Word. <laughs> this, man, this man was killing people while I was still alive? This man was killing people while you were still alive. Did they get him? Did no. They, did the police no, this arrest is, the crocodile? This is the scariest thing, right? I haven't even touched some of the scary stuff about Gustav. Gustav uh, was such a well-known and feared animal in this area. One... Yeah. You know hippos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how hippos are afraid of nothing. Yeah, hippos will kill... Hippos kill a huge amount of people. Hippos ran away from Gustav. (laughs) (laughs) Hippos, like, that man's crazy. Gustav was... He was never captured, Mm -hmm. nor was he ever killed. There are rumors that he was killed, but nobody has ever been turned in, and nothing was found. So it's like... Like a horror movie villain, they're like, it's, we think we killed Jason, but his body is it's, gone. It's, it carries that same energy where I'm, I'm fairly certain the government just went, hey, we killed him, just to make people go, yeah. we're safe now. Yeah, we're safe, he um, can go back out in
1: the streets, but, <laughs> but it's been four years. It's been years. four years. It's been four years since God. the last and time he's some, been some seen. Some of his
2: killings didn't take place for like a decade, so it might be that he just shows up in like two years oh still gosh. alive and killing people again. Um, Friday the 13th, the remake, starring Gustav. (laughs) Uh, No, so, like, Gustav, uh, in that area, was so feared that, Mm -hmm. like, the locals just truly believed he was an actual demon brought (laughs) into real life, and was so evil that he would eat bullets that were fired at him, because the armies in the area, all four countries that were bordering Lake Tanganyika, had a shoot-on-sight order. (laughs) For Gustav, kill this crocodile on It's site. like the it's,
1: emu wars all it's like, over it's like again. The emu <laughs>
2: wars, you just can't kill him. It's <laughs> like the emu wars, except the person they're fighting against is actually trying to kill He's them. Him. <laughs> um, He's trying to eat all their wheat. <laughs> and so, like, so Gustav, like, there are, re- there are confirmed reports of the army shooting at Gustav using grenades and RPGs <laughs> to try to kill this crocodile. And nothing working.
0: Bazookas that was crying, I was crocodile was like paltry child yeah. delay. You're uh, a bunch
2: of punks. Yeah, some of the some of the uh some of the pictures taken of Gustav, because like they have been able to see him, because he's a twenty-foot crocodile that's and crocodile's like see a sunburn. So it's like it's hard to see him, but he would disappear for like years where he just wouldn't be seen, and then he came back and it's but it's it's Gustav. But he had like bullet scars on his skin that were like knots piercing his skin like there were like bullet holes where it's like the bullet probably just popped off because he's just big enough that like the skin on his back is tough enough is to tough enough bullets and not just like, like any bullets RPGs. These are like, yeah this is these are 762 rounds these things are like they're penetrative rounds like these things these are fully military style rounds like these, these are, are BBs. like they're, they're not babies these these things are like they can go through a lot of body armor Oh Not all body armor, but a lot of body armor, which means that Gustav is effectively just bulletproof. Made he, of Kevlar. Yeah, <laughs> like, the Kevlar uh, crocodile. Yeah, there you go.
0: That's, oh, that's, that's the, the title. The there you go. <laughs> yeah. the the <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Kevlar crocodile um, and a, the bone bone bone, <laughs> Kevlar a bone to pick. Kevlar crocodile the bone and a bone to pick. Kevlar crocodile, yep.
2: No, like, so Gustav, for just, is just such like a, a terrifying thing. And mm-hmm. in, I believe it was 2004, there was a scientist that was like, very interesting Gustav. Had been studying him since like the 1990s. I think his name was like Patrice Fay. Mm-hmm. I think his name was. And they actually have like a documentary of of, of of this scientist going to Lake Tanganyika in an attempt to try to capture him. So. Because, like I said, he had never once been captured by any of the teams. There have been numerous attempts to try to capture or kill Gustav mm-hmm. that have never like come to fruition. Like they just can't find him or they just can't capture him because he's just so big that none of yeah. the traps work um and so they, they they tried everything they had he had two months mm-hmm. to be out there in that area before one of the country's uh governments changed and mm-hmm. there was going to be like a huge like infighting thing when it happened um or like a risk of civil wars so they were like we have to get out of here before this change the government happens and uh so like they did like a last-ditch effort kind of a thing to try to capture him and when you say horror movie, like the, the literally the most <laughs> horror movie thing ever to happen happens on this thing, where the last trap they try, they put a live goat in a cage
0: <laughs> with You're a with a camera, big T Rex vibes, big T
2: Rex vibes, with a camera pointed at this cage, and then a storm rolls in, <laughs> right? <laughs> a storm rolls in, the camera breaks. They go back there the next day to try to find this. The goat is gone. The cage is broken. <laughs> 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 they're, they're like they're like did the storm do that did Gustav do that what happened did the goat break free during the storm like they don't know what happened to this just a big spray painted like, inside. like the Gustav gators <laughs> Gustav was here baby Gustav was here no and like this is my lake I own it no and then uh, there was a movie that, that starred Orlando Bloom uh, called Primeval yeah that was based Grand. around Gustav. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and I haven't seen the movie. Uh, I can only assume that Orlando Bloom
0: gets his beautiful elven eyes eaten by this crocodile. I, okay, I can only hope. I can yeah, only hope. What do, you, <laughs> s- what do you see with your elven eyes, Legolas? Big-ass crocodile. <laughs> I see
2: death. I see death. I see death, I see death. What, destruction. What destruction. <laughs> but, like, I don't... Like, I just, I can't get, the, the one fact that I just can't get over is the fact that hippos were afraid of this crocodile. And the, it's, it's just like, you hear so much about hippos and just being like, oh yeah, they fight everything. Yeah. They'll go up toe-to-toe with a rhino, they'll go toe-to-toe with a hunter, they'll yeah. they'll try to they, flip they, jeeps and vehicles and like anything. They're
1: really, really tough. They are very aggressive yeah. and, and like, and yeah, they, I, I can, I can crush anything yeah. in these jobs. Like, there's,
2: there's specifically video of a Nile crocodile getting caught by a group of gators and it's literally like watching like like a zombie movie happened, where it's just like it's like it's like ten hippos surrounding yeah. this gator or this crocodile, and this crocodile's like coming out of the air, going, huh? Huh? <laughs> and then another hippo jumps on top and pushes him back down, and the crocodile's trying to get away and he can't. No, I can like, help you now. And yeah, so it's no. like hippos and Nile crocodiles have this like legendary beef. Yeah, Where no, hippos will sh- try to just merc them, them on site. Yeah, you don't mess with the hippo mafia. No, you don't have mess with the hippo mafia. Fight on sight with the hippos. And then Gustav comes in. And they're just like, nah, nah, we're not. We're, that's like, a, we're he's, done. A, he's, he's a different. We're golden. He's a different set. level. Uh, like, we don't mess with him. We don't mess with Gustav. Gustav is a little too mean. We heard he carries a knife. <laughs> we want to fight <laughs> him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, that guy's crazy. He <laughs> yeah. carries a gun. We're not down. No. Uh, it's just.
1: Have you seen the man? He's made of Kevlar.
0: <laughs> he's literally made of Kevlar. So he's got. So remember how he kills this guy? 300? 200 to 300 confirmed kills. And these yeah. are just, like, people that are just being, like, uh, ripped to shreds a, and found on the shoreline?
2: Yeah, for the most part. Or uh, some sometimes the reason why the number is so, like, inconclusive mm-hmm. is because it's sometimes it's just people going missing. And they're just like, it's probably Gustav. Because the last uh, time we <laughs>
1: saw them was in this area, around <laughs> Lake Tanganyika. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, and the Ruzizi River was another spot. So he, like, he goes from Lake Tanganyika into the Ruzizi River and then, like... Travels back and forth between there. so hunting, it's, yes. Yeah, so he's hunting. He has a massive territory, which is why it's very hard to find him sometimes. Because, like I said, Lake Tanganyika is the longest freshwater lake in the world, and then he also goes down a river. Yeah. So it makes sense that he might not have been sighted mm-hmm. for a while, because crocodiles are very stealthy <laughs> when they want to be. So so he kills all these people. Mm-hmm. and it, The last person
0: we know he kills is in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then we're just like, we haven't seen him no, in no, a no. while. No, 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 there was a sighting. There was There's a sighting. sighting of him okay. in
2: 2019. Okay. Um, and he was supposedly was killed in 2020, 2019? Well, like, kind of, is there a bounty? Because I'll claim to have killed him. I'd be like, mm, I killed him. You you would have to provide proof that, <laughs> right. that he was dead. Um, <laughs> just, 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 think, just hold you know, up.
1: No, you gotta, gotta hold up. You know, like the bullet scarred pelt. <laughs> just
2: be like. And this I is very
0: cat an yeah. and RPG.
2: It's, it's not that he would never take damage, right? Like he he was seen like getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Like he mm-hmm. had like the bullet wound. Apparently, he had a massive like shoulder injury at one point in time um, that they just never were able to figure out where it came from which is the scariest thing. It's like either somebody got like a shotgun blast into his shoulder and then was just immediately killed or like a hippo bit him and then was immediately killed. Gustav, I'm just, I'm fairly certain, might have actually just been a demon with the amount of like terrifying things that happen around him. Like, can you name the last time a government had a kill on sight warrant for a single animal? Not a species of animal like the Eevee Wars. Like these these four different countries that bordered Lake Tanganyika. Four
0: countries had a bounty had, out on this a, one crocodile. Had
2: just it's, yeah exactly like th- this was this was the most wanted animal of all time.
0: I'm trying to think if the United States has ever put a bounty on an animal. I don't think they have. I mean, on animals, on animals, for sure. Yeah. But not I mean, one. It's
1: not necessarily, like, like a full-on, like, a bounty or anything. Like, we get, like, the like the deer calls that wind up happening yeah. around here where yeah, it's like, oh, season. yeah, hey, guess what? It's deer season, guys. We're gonna give you all these incentives to go out and, shoot like, em. shoot them.
2: Yeah. If you don't shoot them, we're gonna lose a lot of crops because they're gonna yeah. eat them. Yep. And, like, the scariest thing is, too, it's like, if Gustav is dead, then awesome. Great. We don't have... He's... Not a threat anymore.
1: I have I I can sleep well at you night can sleep once again. Well at
2: night. But the scary thing about crocodiles and a lot of reptiles is they just kind of keep growing the longer they live. Yeah. Oh, so if he does, and like, crocodiles can live a very long time. Do you um, know
1: like the lifespan of it? Not like,
2: average. Not off the top of my head. But keep in mind, Gustav has been around since the fifties. In theory, the 50s. It yes. could also just be an abnormally large gator that was born in, like, 1986 and then, like, grew to a very massive size. Or, like, not 1986. It takes a couple years from then to get to that, yes. that size. But, like...
1: So, like, he, he could have been born anywhere from, like, 1955 to, like, 90s.
2: 1980. Yeah, like, something like that. Like, is Gustav a boomer? <laughs> 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 or what, what, what generation is Gustav? He's,
1: he's, he's a Gen uh, X, maybe? He's a Gen
0: X. <laughs> I don't know any stereotypes about Gen X. Let's go to Boomers so I can
2: make jokes. <laughs> if he is the Boomer, then he is the one Boomer that can get away with saying stuff because what are you? What are you He's gonna do? What are boomer you boomer gonna walk I into Gustav and go, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't kill people." He's gonna be like, "Oh, <laughs> sure, snap." and then be dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm part of the greatest generation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I am. I am. I am the greatest generation. Greatest generation. That's greatest what generation. Gustav would say.
2: How long do Crocs live? Like, I don't actually know. I have looked this up before, mm-hmm. and like, they just keep going. I don't know. Um, I've looked this up before, and it's like, I've seen like, oh, they lived 30 years, and then you have Gustav, who's mm. been killing since 1987, and he was like 19 feet in 1987, mm. which means that he is definitely older than is it possible, 30 years. <clears throat> is it possible that this is a jigsaw situation,
0: right? No. Where it's multiple giant no. 20-foot long <laughs> <laughs> If well, that is
2: it, the case... I no. <laughs> just no. If, if
1: that's the case,
2: uh I'm going to go jump
1: off a bridge like right yeah. now.
2: <laughs> I was already never planning going to Africa and that just yeah, yeah. that sealed the deal. I would love to go to Africa. I think Same. it's really really pretty.
0: Um I don't know where I'd like to go, but I mean obviously definitely not Egypt. Lake
2: Tanganyika. Uh, yeah. where is Lake
0: Tanganyika. How close um, is it to Egypt? I would it like is, to see pyramids one day, but
2: it is it uh from, so. <laughs>
0: I know, I, Lake, just, I know Lake Chad is far down I, here.
2: I just looked this up. I give me a second. Uh, it is hmm. Uh it is it is located on the borders of Burundi, the Dominican Republic of the Congo. Yeah, or, the, the Re- Republic of the Congo. Republic of the yeah. Congo, yeah. Uh Tanzania and Zambia.
1: Okay,
0: cool. You, you know, know so, I'd love to pretend that those words gave me more information.
2: Uh, so the Congo... I know
0: where the Congo is. Yeah. I
2: know the rainforest, but that's a huge
0: swath of land. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the other scary mm-hmm. thing,
2: right? The Congo, not only is it a very like tumultuous area, mm-hmm. like which is a, a whole reason why we don't have a whole lot of like photographic or videographic evidence of Gustav, is yeah. because the Congo is just like, they're always fighting. It's a problem with the Congo where there's pirates, there's like yeah. civil wars going on, there's there's like roving bands of so, like soldiers and like just like living. Did you say, did you say pirates?
0: Yeah. Yeah. On there's, the rivers. So there's pirates. On there's the river rivers. pirates. There's river pirates, and there's a giant twenty foot long crocodile. When I said it come full, full circle, circle, Captain, Captain Hook. When,
2: when I said when I said that Gustav makes the Captain Hook crocodile look like a little punk. Okay. Now you understand <laughs> why, because guess what? There isn't in in the Congo, a Captain. A Captain Hook. There's no no notable pirates that I have heard of that exist in the Congo. Um, But the Congo is also, the yeah, the Congo is also home to like a lot of cryptids. (laughs) So there's like a lot of really big, scary, mythical monsters that exist in the Congo that we haven't been able to go in and videograph, which (laughs) is like or videotape. Yeah. Which is also another terrifying thing. But that also just lends the credibility that Gustav...
1: Could just be lurking out there. Somewhere
2: in there. Somewhere Um, out there. (laughs) (laughs) Gustav lurks.
0: He will wait for you. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: Tear all your limbs off your body.
0: (laughs) We should write a Gustav musical. Yes! (laughs) Let's do it! (laughs) Musical. Ooh, Gustav
1: the Kevlar Crocodile. Gustav the
0: Kevlar Crocodile. It's like Lila Crocodile, but, but
1: super, dark. super dark, super dark, super dark. Yeah. So we gotta give him like like a like a horror theme. We gotta have like the high piano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just ha- Halloween. You know. <laughs> <Well,
2: laughs> Remind the Michael Myers with the Jaws theme a little bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like,
0: exactly. We'll we'll make the hero a family of hippos who are running. <laughs> The Hungry Hungry Hippos versus Gustav the Crocodile. Oh, um,
2: dude, that
0: would be that. Would, that I would watch that. Cir- circling back, I did find that photo of uh, the skull. So this paleontologist took a bunch of pictures of Cope's skull and took it around the country with him. Yes. So this is the picture of him pouring pasta into that skull. <laughs> I love um, that. Oh, my God. Pouring pasta wonderful. into that skull. and Wait, then I,
2: was that? Is that? Is that? I know that paleontologist. I've seen him before, and I cannot... He's a, he's like anymore. a
0: creationist paleontologist. Uh, he was popular in the 80s. He's not in vogue anymore because he was super wrong. Um, but, you know, I can't remember his name. I can look that up. Can
2: I just see the picture again? Yeah, think, yeah, go for it. I think he go had... I think he had, like, a guest appearance where they based a paleontologist in The Lost World after him. <laughs> because there's a paleontologist that has, like,
0: that hat. He's and, very... He's, like, a very yeah. famous... I think his last name was yeah. Ross or something. Um, but he's a very famous paleontologist, and then, uh, like, so these are, and I'll post this into the podcast as well, this is what they looked like. So you can see what I mean? I... Like, triangle guy versus round guy? I yep.
1: literally there. love Marsh's beard more than life. That yeah, is...
0: it, it starts at the mustache and just swoops down yeah, to the mid, it's like, like, nipples. No, it's great.
1: It, like, I, I feel like he would make, like, any, like, Lord of the Rings dwarf envious.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. any
0: more fun facts about Gustav so, the crocodile?
2: So I just looked this up because mm-hmm. I, I was I was curious and I wanted to know mm-hmm. uh, precisely what it was. The oldest crocodile on record mm-hmm. was estimated to be one hundred and forty years old.
0: <laughs> <coughs> How many years of Gustav have we had? Uh,
2: not even close to that. Not even close to that. To give you an idea, if he was born in 1955 and he lives to be 140, which I'm not sure if Nile crocodiles are, but a big issue with researching how old a creature can get in the wild is a lot of times outside factors will... Yeah. Oh yeah, cuz what are you going to do?
0: Check its teeth, see how yeah. old it is. You can't cut it apart and, you know, count
2: well, the rings. No, so the main issue, the main issue is that it's not that we can't figure out how old it was. It's the fact that most of the time they can't get to that age because so many other things are trying to kill them yep. while they're out mm-hmm. in the wild. Yeah. So like a lot of times domestic creatures will get like a massive boost in their longevity. Yeah, cuz it's completely like, like the lobster yeah, god. Like the lobster god which is a whole entire different topic that we'll talk about maybe some other point in time. Preview
0: for next episode, <laughs> I guess, guys. Um, talking about why the ocean is scary and the lobster god.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, no, but... uh, So... so I'm, I am didn't actually read too much on that crocodile because yeah, yeah, yeah. I just looked it up and it was like... Yeah, but 140 n- years. Normal Nile crocodiles live anywhere between 30 to 60 years. Mm. And so we've already kind of hit that point We've already hit that point. We're two years past that point for Gustav. So if Gustav shows back up, he's already breaking. It's the normal norms. Twenty
0: twenty it's the year of our Lord twenty twenty three. And
1: and God has abandoned us. And God has if abandoned Gustav us. To Gustav is the still climate. alive. Yeah. <laughs> so that
0: would mean Gustav is seventy. Which means he's got another seventy years to go. If another seventy years of terror.
2: Yeah, he's already. Yeah, he's already actually broken that. Yeah, that's right. Because he was Golly. spotted in twenty nineteen. Kali, he started, in, he's already seventy. So he's. So he. He's already yeah. sixty four years old. So already he's already s- older than the oldest now crocodile on record. <laughs> Dear God. Uh, which is just terrifying. Golly. But as far as I'm aware now, like crocodiles just kind of keep going because crocodiles have a very. Also, we don't ever have to worry about Gustav dying to yeah. disease which is the scariest thing. The only thing that'll kill Gustav is old age or injuries because crocodiles and alligators have the scariest immune system of all time. They don't get sick? You can't it's, give a crocodile, like, it's not that chlamydia? They, it's not that they don't get sick. It's that their immune system is, it's not like a human's immune system where yeah. it's like ours, like, recognizes, recognizes, things, recognizes things, and fights it all Yeah, so it's like it takes a while for our body to get used to something because we have to, like, grab it, bring it in, which is why we have issues with the flu and stuff. Alligators and crocodiles have a much simpler immune system and it's much more effective because they just go, the white blood cells just go, oh, you're not, you're not from the body? You're not from our body? Oh, die. And then they just, <laughs> and then they just swarm whatever it in, enters the body and just explodes it. So he just um, he does so that's why
0: he can take all these injuries. He's not getting infections.
2: He's not getting yeah. infections, which is why it's like crocodiles and alligators are some of the only animals uh, like in the world that exist out there where they can just lose limbs and just keep hunting at peak efficiency because they don't need they don't get infections. It they just don't, it yeah. heals, it scabs yeah. up, and they're good. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so <laughs> terrifying. Crocodiles <laughs> and alligators, There's a reason why they're some of the oldest organisms on the planet, and it's because they're so scary. Yeah, they're so um, scary. Well, I mean, there was like. It also wouldn't surprise me if Gustav is, like, one of the last living, like, descendants of, of, like, old-school crocodiles, like the Dinosuchus, which hunted T-Rex. So, like...
0: (laughs) So what you're saying is we've come full circle. And he's t- he's a dinosaur. Yep. Yes. Can you imagine uh, Marsh and Cope trying to hunt down this <laughs> living dinosaur specimen? I want uh, this movie that's, right that's, now. That's assuming that right Marsh,
1: now. I want I want time travelers to go back in time, grab so. Marsh and Cope, and be like, "All right, guys." We're going to teach you a little thing about dinosaurs. (laughs) Hunt this crocodile. Hunt this
0: crocodile. (laughs) Because quite literally, it would be like uh, an Ash versus Evil Dead. It'd be like a silly thing where they're just throwing money and men at the problem. And the crocodile's like, I will take as many men as you want to feed.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's it's literally like a St. George situation. (laughs) <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, like what do you do? This thing is literally like nothing works against it. Do you just start sacrificing people? Just start to sacrificing
0: a piece? cows and fair maidens to it. We hope a knight
2: rides by and a, slays it. That's the thing. As far as I'm aware, the kill count doesn't include animals that he's killed.
1: Yeah that's just people. That's
2: just that's people. That's just
1: dudes.
0: <laughs> just, just dudes. I was like, okay, 300 is pretty high, but he's pro- There's like goats
2: and stuff on there. As far as I'm aware, cats and dogs. No, that's all people. As far as I'm aware, that is just the people he's killed. <sighs> or that have been credited to him. There is a chance that it wasn't him and it was another crocodile that was, like, following his behavior or, like, something along those lines. <laughs> can, can you,
1: you just a crocodile?
2: Like, <laughs> or, like, or, like, can you
1: imagine being, like, like a human serial killer and it's just, like... Getting outclassed hey, in every way. Crocodile. By a crocodile.
2: Imagine you're Jack the Ripper and you come into the future and you're like, I have to be known as the most prolific serial killer in the entire world. You look it up. It's a lizard. It's a. It's, it's, it's a, it's it's a, a goddamn crocodile. It's a lizard. It's oh my god, dude! It's Jack the Ripper versus Gustav <laughs> <Boost Off> the <laughs> Crocodile. That's the movie. That's, that's the movie. There. That's
0: okay. the movie. A pasty white Englishman who hates <laughs> women versus a massive
2: crocodile.
0: I would be rooting would for the crocodile. Go- I would for take Gustav yeah, no. on the streets I've, of
2: London. Like give Jack the Ripper home <laughs> turf. <laughs> the Return of Saint George's Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: just a dude. This is an insult with a knife versus a crocodile. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, (laughs) I'd like to thank you all for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Once again, thank you so much to my guests, Kit Olson and Will Trudell. Thank you so much for coming. Um, If you really enjoyed the show, you're welcome to listen. We'll have another episode coming out next week. We got some great backstock. Um, you know, consider checking out the great whiskey fire of 1875, the flaming pig episode. Um, we got a lot of great things coming out, um, as well as wonderful productions we'll be doing live. If you want to come and see us up in Door County. Um, but please, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. You can follow me, Asher Brooks at Asher Brooks and all the things you guys want to put in your handles or do you not want to be in the limelight?
1: I mean, I, I don't really do anything yeah. apart from this. Fair enough. So. Only I
0: will become famous. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah, no. I'll,
1: I'll just ride your coattails. Just, hey, yeah.
0: as, look, I just I need some tails, honestly. I yeah. want some coattails. So thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have a great day. And if you need anything, you're welcome to message us. If you have a story that you think we should cover, send it to me. I'm always looking for weird things to talk about. Eventually, we're going to get to Houndini, But I'm going to put that off as long as possible. Y'all have a great day, and goodbye.